Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Standard operating procedures are required on farms now more than ever. And to find out the steps required to prepare them for your farm, Chagas specialist Francis Quigley joins us on this week's episode. First of all, what an SOP is, is it's, it stands for a Standard Operating Procedure. And it's basically a document which gives kind of clear step-by-step instructions uh, to somebody on how to complete a task. Um, I suppose, you know, keeping them clear and simple is, is, is key. So if you give an example of something like maybe the, the milking machine, uh, there'd be clear instructions on how to set up the, the milking parlor uh, for milking, you know, and you might have another one then on how to set up the milking machine uh, for washing. So somebody coming in fresh ideally should be able to follow those steps and carry out the task in the same way that the farmer does. Can you give an indication, is there much usage of SOPs on dairy farms to date? I suppose um, one place where we'd see a lot of SOPs is obviously where uh, students would be out on placement. You know, so there would be an SOP put in place to, to make sure that the student is carrying out the, the, the tasks as required. Um, other places where you'd find it is if, if there's farm relief um, uh, staff coming in again, uh, farmers would uh, have maybe an SOP in place. So again, just making sure that the farmers run the same way, you know, the cows are milked in the same way and they're they're accustomed to it. Um, I suppose, you know, it's, it's uh, with the current crisis, um, it's becoming maybe a bit more prevalent that other people may need SOPs, people who maybe think they don't need SOPs because it's just themselves um, or it's the same, you know, maybe uh, two brothers or something working on, on the same farm, you know. But with um, the current crisis, uh, Somebody else may need to come in in a hurry to uh, fill a gap. And the problem is we won't be able to communicate in the same way that we'd normally be able to communicate, meet the person and walk them through it uh, the first time and show them where everything is. That's a great point that you make, Francis. And, and you know, you're talking about people maybe needing this SOP, um, you know, on farm. And it's really come to light now with COVID-19. And, you know, probably probably not necessarily a bad thing in terms of people do need that contingency plan in place and, and those instructions on, you know, maybe how to operate the milking parlour. So for people who have never done this before, Francis, can you give us some advice and tips on where to start in preparing an SOP? I can now. And look, some people, you know, might already have an SOP in place, but they just mightn't realise it. So it might be something like dealing with uh, cows, you know, we'll say uh, cows that are not going into the tank. So they might have a whiteboard up where they list the the cows that are maybe high cell counts or, or maybe cows that are treated. That's in a sense is an SOP, you know, on a, a, I suppose a simple basis. But I suppose what we're talking about maybe is just uh, maybe a one-page document that would actually uh, show somebody how to set up the milk and parlour um, controls. And I suppose one of the big issues is with the modern, more modern parlours, is controls are very different um, from machine to machine. And even, you know, even within the same manufacturer, you'll find that uh, controls can be very, very different. So um, you might be very comfortable uh, with operating your machine, but if you walked into your neighbor's parlour, you know, even though his might be you know, only a couple of years old as well, the same as yours, it could be very, very different machines to operate. So having, uh, I suppose, a clear guide, which ideally would be kept to one page, you know. So again, it's it's got to have clear uh, direction, you know, and it's got to be a, improve the communication and I suppose helps reduce the time um, that it takes for somebody to uh, 
grasp the operation of a new new system. You know, to to develop, I suppose there's kind of I suppose seven steps that maybe we'd give. I suppose the first thing would be just planning. What do I need an SOP for? So something like, uh, as we said, setting up the milking parlor for milking, setting up the milking parlor for washing. You know, then maybe the milking routines and obviously the the milk tank um, as well. How to set that up for milking and washing. So we need to decide what we want an SOP for and keeping them separate. You know, we'd have one for each task. Then would you go and do a first draft? So this is literally you're just kind of walking around maybe with a pen and paper and writing out a first draft uh, of what your SOP is going to be. Um, have a look at that. So it's kind of an internal review. So you're going to go back over it and see if you've included everything you needed to include in it. So you're reading it back to yourself. And you may find, find that you're going to have to add another bit to it or maybe I can take out a bit or reduce a bit. The next task would be to get an external review. So that would ideally be somebody else on the farm who's used to the machine. Give them the SOP and let them go through it and see, oh yeah, I don't, this point here is not exactly clear to me. Maybe we should tweak that one a little bit, Do you know. Uh, so you'd modify it um, again. And then I suppose uh, once the you're happy with that stage that you have a reasonably good document then the idea is supposed to test it on somebody who isn't familiar with the machine so you'd actually give the the, the sheet of paper or the document to somebody who isn't familiar with the machine and see how they um interact with it and see is it clear to them and i suppose this is where you know everybody is different some people will like text and some people will like a picture so maybe a mix of both would would be good or if possible a video joe um would be another option just on um, other items that in in around the parlor that need to be clearly identified is just even the the various uh, drums of chemicals so you know uh, things like t-tip um uh, wash uh, and acid um I have heard of a situation in the past where somebody accidentally uh, picked up uh, an acid drum and put it into the teeth sprayer um, and uh, proceeded to spray all the cows for three days and caused a lot of damage. So in fairness, that was just obviously poor communication. Um, uh, so again, if the drums, if you're using, if you're transferring liquids into other drums, make sure they're clearly uh, identified again with just a permanent marker, uh, teeth spray or you know, acid or whatever, just so that people don't accidentally use the wrong drum. So looking then to specific tasks on the farm, within the milking process, there are a couple of things that we're looking at there, Francis, you know, starting and stopping the machine, washing the parlour out, you know, washing the milk tank. You know, the the in-parlour feeding then is something that we haven't talked about yet, but, you know, that can be quite a complicated system. How best can we explain that procedure to people in the form of an SOP? Well, I suppose um, there's a number of different things that, you know, you know once somebody is familiar with the controls, you know, the problem is going to be every parlour is going to be slightly different. So even if they're familiar with the, the feed controls maybe from a particular manufacturer, the control switches around the farm are definitely going to be in different locations, you know, because they'll be installed by electricians. So even those switches and controls should be literally even just labelled maybe just with a... Um, a permanent marker just right on the switch what it's for so you've uh, feeder controls even water heater controls we say particularly you know with your your wash routines as well should be um clearly labeled you know particularly you know with chlorine washes chlorine free washes now um wash routines uh, have become a little bit more complicated and will vary from farm to farm so it's important that 
um, people will be able to follow those uh, wash routines and I suppose making sure that they have hot water is critical you know so where the hot water controls are you know there might be timers or time clocks you know some of those might be uh, separate units or they might be actually built into uh, trip switch units so understanding where all those controls you know where they all are but but somebody coming in fresh may not be able to find those or may not know you know press the wrong button or or, or not be quite sure what button they need to find I suppose in order to make the procedure of setting up an SOP easier for farmers, uh, we've actually contacted uh, the man machinery manufacturers, so uh, the milk machine manufacturers, and asked them to give us uh, base documents uh, for farmers. So they can, you can go in there, find your uh, make of machine, find your model of machine, and then download uh, that document and then you'll take that document that'll take i suppose hopefully bring you up to maybe 80 percent of your sop and then you'll add if you add your own items uh, to that so your own controls would be slightly different so just modify that document that should hopefully make the the process of creating an sop for your farm much much easier and then looking at another task that is is happening on farms at the moment and I know on some farms it's coming towards the end but calf rearing is a big thing um I, I suppose there's a there's a couple of things going on there and you often have an, a number of bunches or groups of calves you know what's your advice for farmers to, I suppose to give clear instructions in terms of maybe frequency and quantity of of feeds that are going into specific groups of calves well I suppose um it depends on the it depends on the system that they're using. Um, so I suppose if you just take a, a basic system where they're being fed in bunches, it's just that there's clear instructions as to maybe even just numbering uh, those bunches. So that might be, uh, you know, just a piece of of whiteboards um, stuck up on the wall, the back of an election poster or something like that, with just numbers for each group. So you you know which group is is which, um, and then you'd be identifying right. These are getting x amount kgs of meal uh, once a day this group is getting uh, meal twice a day and they're getting x amount of liters of milk I, this year and, and over the last number of years there's a lot of people have have um, started installing automatic calf feeders and you know even you know the controls and operation of those again is something that uh, may need instruction there's there's various tasks that just need to be carried out cleaning and um uh, filling obviously of the the hopper and things like that and just even how to check to see which calves are not drinking you know that information is recorded on that machine so again if there was uh, clear instruction um, uh, given uh, to the person so that they could uh, again reasonably quickly pick up those uh, machines and, and operate them. And as you say, you know, a lot of farms are installing these automatic calf feeders, but some people that are coming onto the farm will never have come into contact with such a machine before. And, you know, very basic instructions to ensure that I suppose all calves are being fed sufficiently um, and that there's, you know, that there won't be any issues arising in the system, no sick calves. I suppose another aspect that we see more and more on on dairy farms is work being contracted out. So if we're looking at, you know, what's coming up now, the AI season, we're also looking at silage, uh, baling, um, you know, spraying fertilizer um, on farms. I suppose firstly, looking to the breeding season, um, you know, Again, how can we communicate at a distance to our AI technician without, you know, the the normal contact that we're used to on on a, you know, on a normal year? Well, I suppose uh, I suppose there's a number of ways you could do it. 
but obviously something as simple as, as WhatsApp is obviously, you know, that you're, um, if, if, if obviously this is assuming that the farmer is still operating himself, you know, that he's putting the animals in and he's just texting and sending that information, but that it, when the, the AI technician comes that it's, there's a uh, clear, um, you know, he's not going out standing beside him that everything is ready, that the facilities are suitable for one man to, to operate, you know, and safe for one man to operate, you know, is going to be critical as well. And then even just hand wash facilities, you know, and um, disinfecting facilities, you know, should be supplied as well, just given the current situation. So I suppose it's just looking at new ways of communicating, you know, you might be used to, to um, meeting these guys, even the contractors, I see, you know, some of the, those are actually putting a sticker on the the window of the tractor so obviously normally the, the contractor would arrive in and he might get down at the tractor for a quick chat you know but they're trying to avoid that contact as well because they're moving from farm to farm and um so some of them have actually um have a sticker on the window with the driver's number so literally when the, the driver arrives that you would be able to ring that driver his number is written there and his name and you can give him instruction as to where where to go so you don't have to uh you have the the face-to-face -face, uh, contact. And, and I guess another simple piece for the breeding, the ICBF do provide uh, breeding charts. So where you've completed sire advice, they'll have the number of the cow and the suggested bull for them. With the contractor then, um, what sort of merit do you see in the farm map for contractor contractors coming in and out of the farm, Francis? Having a clear farm map, uh, you know, for any, whether it's it's the contractor or even somebody coming in, um, you know, making so that they know where the, the animals are going, you know, and ideally if you had a copy of it on the phone as well that you could uh, maybe take a photo of it uh, and, you know, drip, drop uh, an X, you know, onto the fields. Um, it's a good way of communicating. I've even seen farmers in the past, Joe, who have um, staff, they'll actually take a zoom in on the particular field um, and send it on to uh, maybe the, the, the farm staff with a line across the, the field that they draw just to show where the fence goes up. So there's very clear communication as to you know, where the fence in the field. So there's loads of, of tools and techniques that uh, uh, we can use to improve or, or change the way we communicate, I suppose, and maybe improve it. Like, you know, there might be things that will stay with us long term. So I think, look, Francis, we've gotten, um, you know, a really good picture from chatting to you over the last few minutes in terms of the you're talking about the tools and techniques. And I think this is a really good opportunity to iron out, you know, the opportunity for a lack of understanding and, and mistakes within the system. And things would generally run more smoothly where where you have the instructions in place I suppose looking at a broader picture and looking across a longer period than say a week or so um, you know how can we prepare the farm you know if we were gone for a month or two you know looking I suppose longer term at the tasks that need to be carried out on the farm and you know how we can make sure that is done effectively yeah I suppose look you know even things like fertilizer spreading now I suppose in a lot of cases you know even if you take silage ground or things like that um if you were knocked out for a period of time, does somebody know what fields you intend locking up for silage, Joe, you know, uh, when you intend uh, spreading the fertilizer? You know, the slurry might be gone out at this stage already, but, you know, there's obviously a whole uh, range of tasks uh, and maybe even just a calendar of, of those tasks, um, just looking ahead that you'd have those recorded uh, so that somebody else could uh, reasonably quickly pick up and say, oh yeah, the intention was to, to work with these fields, uh, the, maybe to recede these fields you know so that there's a clear 
um, I suppose maybe a broader set of goals. Now they'll obviously change, you know, as as the season goes on, but they'll be useful for yourself just as a as a list of tasks anyway, uh, just to to keep them managed. But uh, they would be very useful for somebody else who has to come in and um, uh, try and manage the farm uh, for a longer term. And I think that's a really, really good point, um, Francis, and maybe something that people haven't looked at. But I mean, there there is a long term view in terms of what happens on farms. And I, I think it's it's very similar to something that Nolik Heffernan would have um, spoken about before. You know, by and large, your cows start calving at the same time every year and your calving season is the same. And, 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 and similar with the breeding season, you 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 know you cut your silage at the same time every year and it's no harm to have, you know, a 12 month map of the uh, and a uh, 12 month calendar and have it laid out for the farm and you know demonstrate when those jobs are going to happen because you know if you can't do them somebody else will have to do them and it's no harm that they they have those in front of them i suppose then um a final point then francis um i've seen something on on some on farms that i think is really useful but i don't see it on every farm and that would be a list of contacts now some people call them emergency contacts but you know it's a list of relevant people that you know if there was, if something went wrong for a certain aspect of the business who do i call um i suppose from your perspective who are the important people to have on that list well i suppose you know ideally i suppose one of the first people that might be on the list, that list is a contact uh, family member you know whoever that may be obviously in most cases it's going to be the farmer you know but um but obviously a backup person um should uh, the you know that person be knocked out for whatever reason the vet obviously from the milking machine controls and even the milking machine maintenance you know the milking machine technicians will be able to provide um, somebody coming in clear guidance on the actual main controls on the machine or if something needs repair or service and you know they'll be able to deal with that so you know it's important to have those on the list as well the the milk lorry driver as well joe so for joe if you know for whatever reason maybe um the wrong cow was milked into the tank or something like that or if there was you know going to be a delay or something joe for whatever reason if they could contact them just to to uh, as well would be another person worth having on the list the the co-ops their milk quality advisor as well um the ai technician and even obviously you know feeds uh the feed supplier um or the, the the driver for the the whoever's bringing the feed to the farm you know these are uh, key people that uh that that person may need to contact you know so having those on a just on a list inside in the dairy you know would be very useful yeah i, I think that's a, that's a really good um starting point francis to to uh, i suppose put together that list um, you know, maybe the, the Chagas advisor would go along with that. I suppose a, a point that maybe that might be useful with the milk lorry driver, um, you know, a, another thing that um, might be of use um, to instruct people that are working on the farm is to what time the milk lorry driver is coming at, um, you know, and to make sure that milking times work around that, that I suppose they're not arriving while you're in the middle of milking. So, um, you know, that might be a, a, a key point. Maybe something else that you could ask to the you could add to the the list of emergency contacts would be your air code 
So I suppose in the event of looking for delivery or or indeed if there was an, an emergency on farm that the air code is often an easier way for people to find you than than your address. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because again, you know, uh, whoever's helping out may not be, be able to give clear directions as quickly because they may not know the landmarks as, as, as readily as you would. You know. That's really great, Francis. Um, I'd like to thank you for all your advice and tips. I think we've gotten clear instruction on how farmers can, I suppose, start the process of of creating SOPs for the farm, um, you know, laying them out. And I, I also would recommend that they go on to the Chagas website and, and type in Dairy SOP. Um, you've created some guidelines there and maybe that's a simple blueprint or a starting point for farmers to, to um, get going for their own specific circumstances. Thank you, Francis. OK, thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Francis Quigley for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.